Hey everybody, welcome back to the Rochester Real Estate Show. Jason Mancuso here, joined today by Peter Riccardi, Anthony Buterati. What's going on? What's going on? Peter, thanks for coming on again. You've done this a few times before. Yep. yep. This is uh, for if you haven't listened in with Peter and I, lower the treble, turn up the bass, let's go. It's my radio. I love it. Um, so, market's moving. You know, may as well call it spring market. I mean, Peter just just fresh off a listing in Gates uh, with what'd you have? We broke broke an Anthony Butera team record in terms of activity. What was the yeah, number? 138. 138 is pretty much a revolving door. So, yeah. 138 showings in a week. And, and of course, the property sold after that. You know, well over asking price, good result for the seller, happy buyer. Yep. Um, bunch of unhappy buyers. So, you know, the topic today is kind of, you know, we've got a list of questions to go through, but I'll describe it as, you know, how to navigate this market as a buyer. And, 2024 and heading into the spring season here. Um, fair? Yeah. Rock fair and roll. Enough, fair enough. So like it. what I'll start with would be what should what should buyers be asking an agent starting off? Like, you know, I want to buy a house. Hey, I was referred to you or I found you or you're my friend. Uh, Peter, what do I need to know? What should I be asking you? Yeah, good question. Um, I'd say first, find someone you. I mean, find someone you connect with and and sure. like. I mean, you're going to spend a lot of time with them, and you're going to get to know each other pretty well. So find someone you like, and and is going to work hard for you. Um, you know, find someone who's knowledgeable. However, that's not the biggest thing because if someone's not knowledgeable, but they'll work hard for you and go and find out the answers. I mean, sure. that's the biggest thing. Just find someone who's going to work hard for you, answer their phone, um, and really be there for you and, and help get the job done, you know? I love that point. Uh, you know, a couple things to comment on there. You know, as we just alluded to, the intensity of the market, you know, for buyers, you know, sellers, you know, for the most part, got to get to kind of not sit back and relax, but like, you know, the, the, the results are more easily attainable for a seller than they are a buyer. So with that said, like, you're going to be in this pursuit, you're going to be in this relationship with your agent. And yeah, you're going to want to make sure that you're jiving well together, right? Sure. Because I don't care if you, if you do your research and you find out like, you know, okay, say just for example, you stumble, you do your research and you find the stats and, you know, find out that Anthony Butera team has sold the most homes in the county yeah. multiple years in a row. And, and, you know, that's the reason why you're hiring us. But you don't like who you're working with yeah it doesn't really play out too well right yeah and vice versa to you know to your point like if it's an, a newer agent or a less experienced agent but you really like them yeah you know and you're and you're hitting it off well like making sure that yeah that's great that you know you could be friendly and whatnot but also you, you know they're there to do a job so so what needs to be addressed with that one thing i think of i think most importantly you got to make sure that there's the availability um, and the scheduling, Huge. the logistics Huge. kind of mesh, right? So if I were a buyer, I would come right out to say like, hey, I'm going to be available between five and seven during the week. You good? Yep. Or I work the night shift. I need to see homes between when I get off at eight and 10 a.m. You good? 
put the ball in the agent's court, right? To make sure that they can accommodate what you need. Sure. I mean, yeah, of course, diving into this market, you could see a bunch of houses and, and we might have to go see houses at, at a short time frames or maybe last minute to have someone available that's going to gonna be there and help get the job done when you need it or, or are really interested in the house. You know, sometimes buyer, they text you on a house and it's, it's five o'clock, offers are due at 12 tomorrow. And it's like a lot of agents, you know, might might do their best to, to, to try and, you know, not go see that house. But, you know, but that... <laughs> I mean, it all depends. If it's a good fit and the buyers are, are really serious about it, you know, you do what you can to get them in. But yeah. Well, and I've heard you say that, you know, more than enough examples over working together with you to where it's like, yeah, I dropped what I was doing Sunday afternoon during the Bills game and, and got them in. And it worked out. So he did sure. what he had to do, right? But yeah. but that's, you know, I, I would say yeah, quizzing the agent that you're interviewing or in talks with to make sure that scheduling aligns, make sure that personality aligns, you know, yep. to, to where at least it could be a working relationship and, you know, not saying that you have to be best friends with, with this person after the fact. I mean, great if you do, but yeah. um, you want to make sure that their goals can be accomplished in a, in a um, I don't know how to say it, like a palatable manner, right? Like you want to be able to get along with the person. So questions around, you know, what's going to suit you in that regard as, as a buyer. Yeah, and there's 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 buyers who start working with an agent. I mean, I talk to a ton of buyers and leads, and they're not happy with their agent. You know, sometimes the the agent isn't answering their phone or isn't uh, you know uh, helping them go see houses or uh, really isn't giving them the light of day, and they just want someone who's gonna help them and give them good service. That's really all it's about is sure. giving them good service. Yeah, you know, that's, that's really it. Yeah, so you know, advice to a buyer interviewing an agent. You know, if if you're not um, confident to get a feel for for it, you know, on your own, right? And show up with a list of questions. Yeah, why not? Right? Sure. You lay out what's important to you and, and get those answers. And if that agent that you're talking with, you know, can't give you the answers that you're looking for, probably not a great fit. Sure. It's not a great start. So. Yeah, I mean, it's super easy to find an agent. It's it's kind of you know tough on our end, but. Yeah, just find someone who's going to work hard for you. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, and, and to your point, I mean, there's, you know, we're a smaller market, a medium-sized market in Rochester, New York, whatever you want to call it. But, I mean, there's 3,500 agents plus. Sure. They're around there in this market alone. So, yeah, to your point, like, it's easy enough to find an agent. Make yeah. sure that, and, and the statistics also point to, this is where it gets fun, funky. It's it's overwhelming majority. Don't quote me, but something like seventy five percent of people end up working with the first agent that they yeah. interview. Yeah. Don't pigeonhole yourself if it's not a good fit. Sure. Yeah. So, of course. Um, so okay, this is kind of a you know maybe it's an in interview question or after like you've selected the agent, but what what would be the number one tip that you would give a buyer uh, that's looking in this market? Be patient. Uh, don't quit. A lot of buyers will get started. They'll see what things are selling for. They'll lose out on some houses they, they really liked and, and they quit before they get something. And we see it all the time. And a lot of times they'll jump back in maybe in a year or so. And, and that's fine too. Whatever your timing looks like. I mean, you know, we're here to help whenever it lines up for best for you. However, um, there's a lot of people that just quit and start renting and I get it. Everyone's situation is different and, and the market might not be for a lot of people. However, I try and encourage people
people I work with too. Just just keep going, keep trying, write your best offer, put your best foot forward, be flexible, try and look at different options. Um, if you want a house, try not to quit. Even if it takes some time, just just keep going, going yeah. for it. For I love that. Sense. Yeah. I think that's I think that's super important and super relevant in today's market. Patience, right? Yep. What I'll add is to make sure that you're you know, your expectations are properly set in terms of what it means to be patient, right? Or, or to allow yourself to be patient, I should say. Meaning, you know, like you dig on your end as a buyer, dig with your agent, make sure they're giving you the, the cold hard truth yep. about what's ahead. Because frankly, if, if your agent is just there to, to paint a picture of rainbows and butterflies, yeah. and like, hey, no worries, this is all gonna work out, that's prob that's a red flag, frankly, in this market. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if they're not pushing back or you know, just challenging the status quo of like everything's gonna go swimmingly and we're not gonna have any issues, that's a red flag. So find out like, hey, I've heard this market's tough. What does that mean? What do I need to be expecting? How do we need to operate? Like, yeah, I realize this is coming from an agent. Right? Yeah. But an agent, I'm telling you, like an agent would be like, oh my God, thank you so much for asking. Let's get down to it. Yeah. Right? So have that mindset as a buyer. Exactly. You make a good point. I think there's a fine line, especially with first time home buyers when they're first jumping into the market. Uh, for us, speaking as an agent, to not scare them away, to, yeah. to give them digestible information on the market sure. so they have an idea of what's ahead. But it is case by case. Some buyers are may want to fix their upper and may have a reasonable budget. and yep. so, so it is a case by case. However, I, I've learned you got to give it... Uh, Slowly, I agree with that. You know, from a, from a you know, hey, like, I mean, let's not beat around it. Like, sure, we're in sales, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, we want to develop relationships in order to to do our business with, right? Um, so there is a yeah, you know, like yeah, it's it's often can come across the wrong what the wrong way when you're just beating somebody over the head with the with the the reality of the market, right? Is how it's yeah. been seen. Yeah. Um, but again, like make sure like i don't know how to say it other than like if your agent just isn't pushing back at all it's pro it's probably a huge red flag because sure. they're just they're, they're probably not you know vested into the same result that 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 you know you want in that like you know ultimately you want to make a move you want to buy a home they want you to as well but if they're not you know looking out for themselves in that process meaning like you know hey we're not talking about what the reality of the market is and why we may need to make some adjustments to to what you're looking for or where price range things of that nature that's a red flag yeah that's a red flag so be be cautious of just not you know having an agent um you know whatever you want to say give you hell <laughs> not again we, we 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 want to make sure we're personable about it yeah but at the end of the day you know if, if there's you know we have to be patient on our end too if if there's like just you know no hope for what the patience is going to pay off for we're gonna let you know about it and sometimes that's <laughs> sooner than later right off the start it may come across the wrong way but this is what it is sure yeah 
Um, all right, so let's say you're 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 getting after it at this point. You're you're out there looking. Um, you know, maybe you're not you know ready to buy right now. Meaning, like, ready to make an offer this week, and maybe it's in the next month or two. You know, some pertinent advice is from an agent is going to be, hey, like, you know, get a feel, you know, if you're, or if you're not sure about where you want to be, take advantage of open houses, you know, get a feel for different neighborhoods, different home types. You know, that, frankly, that's one of the reasons why open houses exist, you know, is just to, to, to allow the consumer to have, you know, that easy access and a seller's willing to provide it. Versus like, you know, hey, a private showing where the seller's got to get the three kids and the yep. two dogs out of the house for somebody, you know, for a buyer that they don't know if they're quali- you know, ready to go right now and qualify or just starting the process and really looking another couple months. So let's bring it back to the buyer side. You're starting off. You want to start getting in and out of houses uh, in person and, and you start going to open houses on the weekends. Or at night, sometimes too, yeah. or during the week. Um, what should a buyer be looking for at open houses? There could be many things. First, talk to the listing, the, the agent or the listing agent who is hosting the open house. Um, ask them how old the mechanics are. Ask them how old the roof is, the furnace, central air. If there if there is central air, hot water tank. Take a look at the big money stuff. You know, look at the condition of the siding. Look at the condition of the driveway. Um, take a peek at the basement. If the basement seems wet or there's wet spots, you know, question that and then maybe talk to your agent or, or an agent and, and kind of dive into that maybe a little bit deeper. Look for spots or wet spots on the ceilings. Um, a lot of open houses will have a property condition disclosure where the seller will disclose any you know problems that they know of in the house. Take a peek at it. Look it over. They fill out another uh, disclosure where they put the ages of everything. Take a peek at the disclosures. Those can be helpful and overall walk through and get a good feel for the house. I mean, a lot of times you can feel for the most part if a house has been taken care of, if things are pretty clean and tidy and and, and sometimes there are clean and, and houses that have been taken care of and maybe they had a, you know, a leak in the basement or a leak in the ceiling and stuff does happen. It is a used house, so stuff does happen. Um, you want to just make sure most of the big money stuff is is taken care of, sure, or in good shape at least. Yeah, or you know, if, or if there's any problems, you know about them. I, I love that you brought up the disclosure concept and the documents that sellers have to fill out. Um, you know, getting in the weeds, but if it's an estate sale, then you 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 know you're excluded from yep. having to fill out that yep. property condition disclosure. But anyways, um, you know, like. We bring those with us to our open houses. I think most agents do, but you know that's just something to ask for right then and there. Like, hey, where do you, do you have the disclosures that I can look at? Yep. Get familiar with those documents, what they look like, what's on them, what the you know. And again, if it is a house that's interest you, then you know, dive in and and like really like determine. Okay, is this a fit based on mechanic age, roof age, etc. Right. But yeah, I, I would add to, to, you know, if this is in the example of like you're just getting started, not ready to pull the trigger yet, get a feel for different, you know, the style, right? Like if you're in a Cape Cod, you know, walk out of that determining like, okay, you know, I, I can work with this or it's not going to work. 
right? Yeah. If you're in a ranch and, and you determine like, yeah, we really need that second floor, um, you know, for whatever reason. Like, just make that determination. If you're, you know, targeting a certain school district, but then trying to familiarize yourself with neighborhood to neighborhood within, you know, open houses can be a huge resource to take advantage of to get a feel for it. If you are ready to pull the trigger, open houses can give you a good indicator of what the competition could be. Sure. Right? If it's cars lined up down the street, you know, you walk in and there's just the massive pile of shoes and, and you <laughs> know, 50 people walking through it. Yeah. Pretty fair, you know, assessment that it's going to be a pretty competitive listing with multiple sure. offers. If you're there and you're there for half an hour and you're the only person that walks in. Could, could be a good sign. Yeah. That could be a sign that maybe it's less competitive. Maybe this sure. could be the one that, that kind of sneaks by the market a little bit. Um, so that, that, that kind of feel for it. Yeah, I think it's important, just like you said, to get a feel for your wants and absolute needs. And that's helpful for us to know, too, when we're searching for you. Like, we need to know your non-negotiable stuff you absolutely need. And then, uh, again, the the pluses are pluses, and we need to know about those, too. But the more houses you go in and see, the more you you start to get familiar with those things. Like, I can't tell you how many buyers I talk to. When I first talk to them, they tell me they want this house. And then the house I end up getting them, sure. a lot of times it's totally different sure. because they start going through houses, they, they see different things they like and don't like, yep. and, and uh, it changes. And, so. that's, and that's part of the process, and that's okay for us, right? Like that's, we want you to get what you want, we want you to be happy with it. There'll be adjustments that get made along <clears> the way. You know, point being, open houses can be a great tool for you when you are ready to get down to business, that it's just like, I know what I want, I know what I don't want, I've got experience of being in and out of different home types, different neighborhoods, etc. We're ready to rock. Sure. So, similar type question or a segue, how many homes should I see in person before I you know, make an offer or find the one? Yeah, that all depends. It all depends on you and, and your situation. And it, and it is a case by case. However, what I would say is, you know, that I notice with buyers, you know, when you're working with them, when you know, you know, when you walk into a house, when you know, you know, you're, you're certain on it and you're just certain you want to make a move on it. And if there's any smidge of doubt, I, I try and encourage you by listen, if you're doubting this by, by any means, we should, we should probably continue to keep looking. Yeah. So if you get that feeling on the first one you, you take a look at, go for it. I mean, it, you don't need to look at a million houses if, if you find the one on your first one, you know. I, I think that's great advice. So. In a couple ways, in that, like, if there's a doubt, it's it's probably not the one. No, there's a reason like, you're doubting it. We want this to be trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Now, balance between that and, like, okay, chances are you're not going to be buying your dream home, right? So, you know, I guess you, you have to... You have to be reasonable about the process, so to speak, sure. right? But you know, if there, if it's like, yeah, you know, I tell people the house that you buy is probably gonna smack you in the face. Like you'll, <laughs> you'll know, like yeah, right? yeah. So if you're not feeling, you know, any, any glimpse of that, then it's probably not the one. Sure. And that's okay. We'll keep looking. On the other end of the spectrum, like you said, if if that happens on the very first home. 
especially if you've done your homework, so to speak, mm-hmm. ahead of that, where you know you're visiting open houses, you've you've had these conversations, you've you know you and your your spouse or your family, whatever it is, like you know you've gotten on the same page together in terms of what's going to you know cause you to move, and you find it on the first house or the first couple. Okay. You know, on our end, we're always, I would say, cautious and overcautious to where it's like, hey, we've only seen one home together. Like, Are you this, sure? This is yeah. out of the norm, but, you know, you drive the boat. If you're telling us this is the one, we're not here to question that. Um, yeah. But, you know, we're going to question it. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's, it's just that kind of dynamic in play because, I, I don't know, you, you tell me. I mean, I would say on average, a buyer's going to look at five to ten. It's about right. Yeah. 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 I mean, you make you make good points again. I mean, we are salespeople, but we want to find. I mean, this is a big purchase. We yeah. want to make sure this is a good financial decision. It works for you, and then you continue to call us when you want to upgrade, yeah. or change. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, it's it's a matter yeah. of like, yeah, we're salespeople in the sense that like we get paid when something sells. Sure. Yeah. But that, you know, we kind of hate like that, that tag, right? Just because it implies like, you know, trying to close and strong arm somebody. Yeah, right? it does. It's, yeah. it's the opposite of what, you know, what we do. So, so yeah. Um, so here, here, here's a question that buyers will ask, you know, what, what's, what's the seller going to accept? What's a fair offer on this home? Mm-hmm. How do you address that? Sure. Well, there's a lot of factors you got to kind of uncover before that. One is interest on the home. We like to call, check up how many offers they had, how many showings they had. It's usually a good indicator of how high it'll go or, um, you know, stuff like that. Two is we need to know the max you're comfortable with in your max budget. We need to make sure you're comfortable with all the numbers. And we pretty much need to know your max number so that we can structure the offer accordingly. You know, so it all depends. It's case by case. I'd say, you know, when you find something you are truly want to put your best foot forward at, we'll call, we'll be clear on at least what the offer situation looks like at that time, how much interest they have. And the idea is to just put your best foot forward. And yeah. uh, that's really all you can do is put your best foot forward. Right. So, uh, I mean, good points. It's, it's very much a case by case situation for each house, each listing in this market. Um, there can be like, you know, sort of, uh, you know, uniformity to how it plays out in terms of, okay, if you, Happen to be talking to your agent about the last five homes, and all of them are you know a hundred showings and twenty five offers, and they all go whatever seventy five to a hundred thousand dollars yeah. over asking. Yeah, that can play out. But on our end, we always we find that out versus just assuming that's the case. Because when we assume like oh that's going to go crazy, that's the time it doesn't. Right. Yeah. So we always have to make that extra call, that extra effort to make sh- to confirm what we're thinking. Then we can relay some advice to you. And also like looking at the data, looking at the sold comparables, you know, from from recently. Um, yep. You know, while also acknowledging that, hey, you know, the way the market's been working is here's the past. Generally speaking, the market continues to appreciate and, you know, this house probably sells for 
more than what it would have sold sure. for in the past. Yeah. So, you know, that past data factors in, but also just understand that, you know, in the last however many years now, all of the data has been wrong in terms of homes going above that. So yeah. that's, it's kind of like a baseline of what to go up from in most cases from there. Yeah, it is a good baseline. And, um, you know, it is a good indicator of what the area is doing. And don't get me wrong, houses, like you said, they continue to appreciate and break records all the time. But uh, super helpful as well. Sure. Super yeah. helpful info. So, so last question to kind of like, I think we ran through a decent progression here. And, and, and an unfortunate result at times is, is, you know, why do buyers bail? Why do they get out of the market? Why do they quit? Yeah, I think they get discouraged. I think sometimes they realize that uh, the home they truly do want is not in their budget and they're not willing to make any changes or adjustments in the house that they're they're willing to quote-unquote settle for. Um, and I think those are the biggest things. Those really, from what I've seen, are the biggest things Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, you know, what I'll say is like, well, first of all, like, of course, there's always reasons beyond your control that, that are going to affect things, right? You know, you lose your job, God forbid, you get sick, there's death in the family, whatever it is, you know, if somebody else is sick in the family that changes your course of, you know, day-to-day -day operations or the next six months, year of life, whatever it is, right? Like, stuff like that. Like, life happens, you know, there's... In our world, there's life happens and there's plenty of reasons why people need to move. But then there's also plenty of reasons why it's okay. Yeah, I want to move, but it's just not the right time right now. Or it can't, you know, job loss, stuff like that. So so that, that, that being, you know, a common reason. My thing would be if you're in the market and then you get out of the market and it's not because of one of those reasons or situations, it's probably... Because you didn't execute very well on everything that we've talked about so yeah, far here today. I'd say so. And the expect either the expectations weren't properly set or the game plan wasn't set. And then the frustration kicks in. And then the realization kicks in. And it's like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. And that's why on our end, like, you know, we talked about it earlier. But if we, if we can, you know, pretty fairly and easily predict, you know, how things are going to play out and you know set that expectation or talk through it to see like you know for example okay i can only go up to one hundred and twenty-five thousand, and i need to be in a suburb that's a really tough thing to do at this point sure it's not it totally impossible <clears throat> but if they if your agent isn't having that type of conversation with you and then you're looking at every home that you know is listed above that or you know the homes that happen to be listed at 125 and sell for 200 and you weren't aware of that yeah you're, you're probably going to quickly give up rightfully so and and if there isn't a conversation at all of like okay well you know i know you want to be you prefer this location but what about this that may fit your budget more so um you know that that's where we want to you know kind of i hate to say challenge Right, but just like to, to challenge the line of thinking that you have to make sure that it aligns with what the market is on our end. 
Yeah, that, that's, again, another good point. If you're not flexible and on different locations uh, or willing to change your search, it can be hard. However, what I would say is, and I encourage everyone, my friends, clients, everyone, buy yourself some real estate. Just do it. Sure. Buy yourself some real estate. Great long-term investment. Values continue to grow. There's yeah. not a lot of inventory, especially if you're renting. You know, try and be flexible. Live in a, in a location for a couple of years in a house that maybe you, you wouldn't, it's not your first pick. However, live in it a couple of years, build some equity, move out and rent it out. And and you don't have to be that savvy with it. Call us. Sure. You know, we're savvy with it. We can help you. We can help you find tenants or we can help you with the process or, you know, whatever you need. You know, we like to be that point of contact. So, um that's what I'd say. Buy, buy some houses. Buy some real estate. Coming from the real estate salesperson. <laughs> Fair enough. Who doesn't like well, the sales Well, yeah, but yeah, I'll, 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 I'll not throw you under the bus, but to, to air out your business, I guess. I mean, you're doing it. Like, you've got yeah. a plan. You've bought a duplex. You're living in one and one unit and plan on keeping that forever. Like, you know, <clears throat> nobody's got the crystal ball, but history has spoken in the, let me, let me get this right. There's never been a 10-year run in the history of real estate where value, you know, if you bought now and then 10 years from now, there's never been an instance where, you know, that value has dipped over that 10-year time. Sure, values could fluctuate within the 10 years. Sure. So, you know, timing doesn't always work out for people and they, you know, if they have to sell in a down market, it could hurt. But if you're in it for the long game, you will never get hurt. I feel really confident about that, even, you know, with the way the market's now and has been in, in many years in the past, you know, many recent years, that, like, you know, it's going to be a good thing, you know, in the long run for you. Yeah, don't quote me exactly on these facts. However, there's a reason Jeff Bezos and a lot of even big companies on Wall Street are buying a ton of single family right. houses. Yeah. I mean, there's there's reasons for it. So yeah, try cool. and scoop up as many as you can because yeah. all these big companies are yeah. doing it as well. I mean, yeah, and that's a that's an episode within itself. Sure. But, I mean, yeah, when when the, when the people with money are doing it, um, yeah. that's usually a pretty good indicator of what you should be doing. So yeah. So, yeah. Good stuff. Peter Riccardi of the Anthony team. Uh, Jason Mancuso here as always. Thanks for joining us. Check us out on anthonybuterrateam.com. Uh, this podcast is on all the uh, podcast uh, accessible sites along with YouTube. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks for Thanks, joining Thanks, guys. See you later.